0: Your way of life should be free from the love of money, and you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith as you consider the way their lives turned out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be misled by the many strange teachings out there. It's a good thing for the heart to be strengthened by grace rather than by food. Food doesn't help those who live in this context. We have an altar, and those who serve as priests in the meeting tent don't have the right to eat from it. The blood of the animals is carried into the Holy of Holies by the high priest as an offering for sin, and their bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy with his own blood. So now let's go to him outside the camp, bearing his shame. We don't have a permanent city here, but rather we are looking for the city that is still to come. So let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise through him, which is the fruit from our lips that confess his name. Don't forget to do good and to share what you have because God is pleased with these kinds of
1: sacrifices.
0: The Word of God for the people of God.
1: God. So I've been wondering all week what's the difference between a devotion and a sermon? 25 minutes. 25 minutes? Nice. Wonderful. I love that. So the best I could come up with is the difference between a prayer and a meal blessing. Do you know the difference between a prayer and a meal blessing? Uh, A prayer can be as long as it wants to, but a meal blessing better be short enough for the food still to be warm. So my hope is that the devotion will be short enough that you're still interested in going and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, So uh, most of you know that I kind of think about formation, uh, Christian formation, uh, discipleship pathway, however you want to think about it. How do we make disciples out of folk? Um, it's in three places. We, uh, we help folk uh, learn about Jesus by uh, teaching to the head, right? Um, uh, some people come to faith through that kind of logical teaching and learning. Uh, if you've ever read uh, Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ and you loved it, chances are you came to faith through that kind of head knowledge about Jesus. Uh, We also form people through the heart, through emotions, and through the spirit. Um, If you were one of those folks that went to the walk to Emmaus and found uh, your life in the midst of dying moments and candlelight and everything else, um, that your heart was uh, kind of very John Wesley strangely warmed, then maybe you came to faith through heart. Um, These days, uh, folk come to faith through their hands. Uh, through doing the actions and work of uh, the church, by caring for the widow, the orphan, by um, reaching out, uh, by living simply so that others might simply live. These are very hand-oriented, formative practices. At the end of the day, we want mature Christians to uh, both understand the logic of the gospel, feel the movement of the Holy Spirit in their heart, and devote their hands uh, to the work of the church, right? Makes sense. Um, I've always uh, pushed and prodded, uh, poked and cajoled uh, churches into doing things with their hands. We're so used to the the head. right? Sunday school is about uh, having better logic around what the gospel is and um, uh, worship is about um, that heart piece of uh, having people kind of moved and changed and transformed through worship but sometimes we forget the hands it's just kind of uh, who our generation is and and there's a generation that's coming up behind us, Millennials who who actually uh, most studies show uh, find themselves in church kind of in a backwards way from us uh, we, we used to, we usually um, think about it, feel it, and then put our hands to use. But millennials will show up to use their hands regardless of the head and heart that goes with it to find out why your head and heart is that way. And then they find themselves into the church. Uh, so using hands, uh, such an important part of Christian formation. So in every church um, I've been at, I've kind of poked and prodded. And um, it's not always been such well-put-together programs like we'll do today by right, uh, backing up rice and beans uh, for our local food pantry. Uh, in fact, when I was over at the pastor of Brazoria, um, they had one big uh, parade uh, in the city of Brazoria. Um, I think it was 4th of July. Um, it, it, I think Dale Frankham at First Assembly was kind of the instigator, and so the parade with all excitement so that you'd show up in that field where he'd do uh, all of his fireworks, but not before he told you the gospel uh, for about 30 minutes, right? Um, it, it's a good experience. I hope you go, uh, love it's a great way to celebrate the 4th of July. So I told my church, I said, let's, uh, let's do something scriptural, right? Matthew chapter 10 verse 42 says, um, uh, give a cold cup of water uh, to those who are in need, more specifically to, to the children. Um, and I said, Let, let's do that. Instead of having a float, let's have uh, ice chests on wheels, fill it up with ice cold bottled water with our name and uh, you know, uh, location on it, and we can pass out as we walk through the parade. This sounded great in my head. Two complicating factors. The first is there there was nobody walking in the parade. Uh, There was was not a band, there was not Girl Scouts, there there was nothing. Everybody was on the back of a flatbed um, uh, trailer or a pickup truck. And so the pace of the parade was quite quick. We started out sweetly passing out water and telling people that we love Jesus and that they do too. And by, before long, we were jogging a 5K, it felt like, and keeping the water for ourselves. <laughs> it also didn't help that um, the average age, uh, the average age of that congregation was um, uh, uh, older than, than us. Um, and so, um, I believe I got a note the next uh, month from the cardiologist here in Lake Jackson uh, thanking me for all the business. Um, <laughs> when we went to Port Natchez, um, the last church I served, wonderful church, caring church, loved Jesus, but they were too kind of stuck inside the walls. Um, much of their faith was about head and about heart, not, not a lot about hands. So we kind of watched uh, for a year or so and um, you know, uh, have you ever heard that kind of illustration that if you look uh, right above the water in the ocean, like uh, what happens right above the water uh, in the air, it might look like there's absolutely nothing for miles around. But if you pull your head underneath the ocean and you can see the coral reef that's there, you see all this activity, right? It's so important is kind of that way that, that if you were looking in the right place, it looked like nothing was happening. But if you, if you looked in the right place, the right place was, What do elementary school families do after school? That was the question. What they do is they go to the snow cone shack. This was like the hotbed of social activity if you were in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, It was literally a portable building in the middle of a um, a parking lot. It was only open from March until October, and um, I I am sure um, they probably donated to diabetes research because the amount of sugar syrup in those snow cones was just painful, but the kids loved it. And so we thought, how could we make a mark? How could we share with others? And so we thought, huh, let's buy out the snow cone shack on the first day of school, and give a free snow cone to anybody that came by. It was great. we had a line at that parking lot down Twin City Highway, we would have been impressed. Everybody knew about the snow cones being given away for free. Now, there was the extra baggage that uh, for about three years I was known as the snow cone pastor, right? Um, right? I kept saying, this is, you know, Jesus says, give a cold cup of water. We chose to freeze it, shave it, and sprinkle it with sugar syrup, and we think Jesus would be okay with that. Okay, (laughs) what an interesting opportunity uh, to be outside the walls, uh, to make a difference in someone's life. Now, for those of you not familiar, if you're visiting here today, uh, every sanctuary that this church has built, long before I ever became the pastor, has included a cross outside the windows. It was true in the first sanctuary that's now the uh, Youth Activity Center. Uh, It's true in the second sanctuary, which is now the Adult Education Wing, and it's true here as well. And the cross reminds us that though we worship God here in this place, but that Jesus is out among the people caring for the least of these, and that we should go and be where Jesus is. And so there's this kind of tension. It's not just about going to church, but it's about being the church. It's about finding some way to get outside of where we are. Um, Our scripture passage today kind of talks about that. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 16. It's a grocery list of good things to do, right? Remember the prisoners as if you were in prison. When entertaining strangers in your house, Um, be careful, for you might be entertaining angels unawares talks about marriage and about how best to have a good marriage. It talks about um, how though everything may change, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then that last bit, it talks about the holiest of holies and the the priests in the Old Testament time uh, who would slaughter uh, and the blood would uh, cleanse the congregation and then they would burn the carcasses of the sacrificed animals outside the gate. And then you get that switch to New Testament He says, and so too Jesus uh, uh, suffered and was sacrificed outside the gate, outside the walls of the city, and we should go and be where Jesus is, because this is not our city, this is not our home, but that we continue to journey and travel to the city that God has prepared for us. And so let's go and be where Jesus is. Though he might suffer and die for our sins, we should go and be and suffer as well to care for those who are truly suffering. Now, we talk a lot about raising a generation in faith uh, here. Uh, there are four habits that we've been uh, uh, kind of beaten on for the last two years. Uh, one of those habits is to um, be able to spot God active in your world, right? You remember this? Nod your head yes, it makes me feel better. Um, and, and one of the ways to, oh, nobody nodding their heads yet. Some, some go "No, but okay. Um, The idea is that if you start looking for God to show up, you start seeing God, right? It's like when you bought that first car and you looked around and all of a sudden it seemed like everybody had the car that you just bought. It's because you trained your eyes to see that car. When you train your eyes to see what God's doing, God shows up in so many different places. Now, we talk about how important it is um, to, to be able to say uh, uh, to, to spot and to say, right? So, so for folk, uh, w- when you sit down to a meal, regardless of whether it's with your family or other people, ask the question, where did you see God today? Where did God show up today in your life? And as we start telling those stories, they become testimonies. We, become talk- we begin talking about how God shows up in a personal and powerful way in our lives. So just for a moment, in a few minutes we're going to excuse ourselves to the fellowship hall. We're going to uh, take rice in huge bags and put them in the smaller bags, and they're gonna go to uh, Brassensport Cares and to the food basket. It seems like a pretty mundane thing to do, but really what you're doing is being the hands and feet of Jesus. You're actually collaborating with God so that someone in a few weeks is gonna have a moment where they spot God active in their life. They're gonna pick up a bag of groceries, uh, and they're gonna think to themselves, hopefully, Thank you, God, for providing for me. You you see, you're going to be that wonderful miracle moment because they were able to have food because we shared. We don't often think about the fact that God often uses human hands to show up and help us in our lives. And so instead of just going to church today, why don't we be the church? Be the church by working with God So that others might have that moment of a personal, powerful God story. Where God shows up and helps out and provides. Head, heart, and hands. What a simple message to go outside the gates and to be where Jesus is. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.